A diamond has long been a symbol of commitment, love, and trust. Isn't it time the diamond industry showed us the same values behind the scenes? Clean Origin is leading the engagement ring industry toward a brighter future, designing elegant lab-grown diamond fine jewelry that never compromises our values. A brand that doesn't just talk the talk, but one that was founded to make a difference, to offer a more environmentally friendly, conflict-free, and price-accessible choice without any compromises on quality. Lab diamonds are grown in a lab using cutting-edge technology that replicates the process of natural diamonds. A lab-grown diamond is chemically, physically, and visually identical to a mined diamond without the adverse effects of traditional diamond mining. And for a price of up to 10 times less, we don't know why you'd choose anything else. You know, I'm a Sag. I'm always going to say bigger is better. And with these prices, three carats is the new one carat, baby. Go big. Honestly, five carats is the new three carats if you really want to go there. You all know that we know a thing or two about engagement rings. And these clean origin rings are simply stunning, classic designs, and for a fraction of the price. From the color of your metal to the center stone and setting, you'll be able to customize every aspect of this very important lifetime piece of jewelry. Whether you're looking for an engagement ring or tennis bracelet or diamond stud earrings, Clean Origin has beautiful diamond jewelry that you'll be wearing forever. You can use code What's Your Sign for $100 off all orders over $1,000. That's $100 off all orders over $1,000. Go to cleanorigin.com and use our code What's Your Sign at checkout for $100 off of your order of $1,000 or more. Use our promo code What's Your Sign, all spelled out. Check out Clean Origin today. Welcome to What's Your Sign. I'm Julia Loken. I'm Stevie Goldstein. I'm Lisa Chenu. And today we have, boy, does this feel like it's been a long time coming, but also right on time. Absolute legend. Uh, astrologer, obviously. Um, podcast pioneer. Absolutely. Author. Icon. Chris Brennan. Thank you. I think you forgot. <laughs> you forgot fashion icon as well. Oh, there I'll we let, go. I'll let that go. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I told you I'm kind of thrown by this tech stuff. Yeah, <laughs> Forgive <yeah>. me. <laughs> Hi, well, thanks for having me on the show. Of well, course. Well, well, Chris Brennan is here. We, the fans have screamed for this since pretty much since we started. So here we here we are so now. Thank you. In the digital, in the- yeah. So thank you. Thank you is the first and foremost. Thank you. Thank you. And how long ago did you start? What was the official birth date again of the podcast? Oh, of the podcast were February fifteenth, 
15th, 2018. Mm-hmm. It was, um, was it an eclipse day? I think it was. Something it was, was something. Up. It was something juicy. Yeah, day after Valentine's Day. It sounds like some kind of plan was hatched. Mm-hmm. Well, that yeah, that was the first. That was like the first. That was our teaser. And Release then, like, the, day. Yeah. Yeah, that was the first sign of like any life is like the first time we like were really born. Um, and then mm-hmm. regular full episodes came out like sometime in Pisces season. I remember, but we are very, we were like a very Aquarian Gemini baby. I have the chart somewhere, but because you've been existing in the podcast space for, I mean, God, 10, is it 10 years? Yeah. I just did the 10 year anniversary. I started in May of or June of 2012. So I just passed it a few months ago. Wow. Um, what congrats. What's that? That's incredible. Congrats. What the hell was the podcast space like in 2012? <laughs> Um, it was pretty basic. I mean, a lot of people were using this site called Blog Talk Radio, and, and mm. it was like really low quality. Like you would call in on your telephone, and um, yeah, they would like insert ads into the into the thing for you, so you didn't have much control over it. But um, yeah, I had a little podcast called Traditional Astrology Radio for a couple of years before that that I inherited from somebody else, and then I decided to start something a little bit more general with the astrology podcast in 2012. Inherited from someone else, like it was a pre-existing podcast that you adopted. Yeah, it was actually on my birthday in in November first, twenty ten. My friend um, from Kepler College, she was going off to study like a master's program, and she'd only been doing this podcast called Traditional Astrology Radio for I don't know six months, and she decided she had to drop it. So she asked me if I wanted to take it over. So I did. Whoa. I kind of like the idea of like um, continuing on like your programming, like just, I don't feel like that happens enough in podcasting or like radio shows or stuff like that. Just here, you're the new anchor. Well, because podcasts you can listen to whenever as opposed to like radio when you just had that time slot to fill. But I do think that Mm -hmm. that if we're talking about, you know. 2012 space 2010 that is that is basically when it is like radio still <laughs> it's not yeah. not exactly but the that also feels very scorpio to me of this inherited inherited podcast yeah i mean it was still very early days back then it was just audio it was really before like long form youtube podcasts had taken off like video wise so it was definitely a different space and um yeah i was just the beneficiary of that in addition to um, I started the Astrology Podcast just because somebody else had stopped had stopped paying for the domain name, theastrologypodcast.com, and I just happened to like pick it up in May of 2012, and I was like, "That's that's too good. Like, I have to start a podcast now with that name." And I contacted the guy. It was actually another astrologer who dropped it, and I was like, "Is that cool?" And he's like, "Yeah, I've had it for years, and I was using it. So go nuts." And Whoa. he, you know, because he, he was probably like, that'll never take off. Like, you know, good luck, buddy. And then enjoy wasting your time. So 10 years later, here we are. Wow. Wait, That's how, very similar. how did you snake in the grass? Wait for this domain. Like, were you just refreshing daily or how, I'm just I'm how was it? This is pre Google alert, too. I like how how did this pop? I honestly don't know how I saw it. I think I was just doing searches for domain names for something one day, and I happened to come across that it had been dropped. It must have been dropped I in the like twenty four hours, you know, and it just showed up. So it was wow. pure luck or fate or what have you. I love that. That's sick. I love that. 
I know. I was going to say that's similar to our our naming of our podcast where we all were like, well, what's your sign would be a great name. There's no way that someone else hasn't already taken that. And then to find out that it wasn't, which I think is something that's kind of indicative of astrology, the, the community itself, where if you are into it, you're like, Oh, everyone must, once you, once you find out about it and kind of start to learn more about it, you're like, well, this, everyone must know about this sort of thing. There's no way there's not a million astrology podcasts. And then to find out there's kind of only like six or something. And then you see one that's like, well, there's the astrology podcast. Obviously that's, we can't, we're not going to get that one. Uh, but it is very, uh, do you find that to be true about the astrology community? Because you have seen it uh, grow and and change since your participation, but it still feels like it's a thing that's both huge and also pretty niche still. Yeah, I, I mean, especially the past three, few years has been crazy because you just had that huge influx of all those younger astrologers coming into the community all of a sudden out of nowhere. And I'm still getting used to that because now I'm not like the youngest astrologer in the room, which was the case for like a decade, you know, 10 years ago or 15 years ago. And I would go to these conferences as like an early 20 year old and like look for other young astrologers. And the youngest person would be in their like 40s or 50s, maybe best case scenario. So um, there's been a whole sea change in terms of, you know, just the demographics and everything else. And just so many astrologers doing good work and everybody's like starting a podcast or YouTube channel and it's really exploded. Totally. I think I told you guys about my friend sister who bought, not bought, but when Instagram first launched, she made her don't her at username, Oprah, like just before, (laughs) before celebrities had handles and Oprah bought it from her and she could never disclaim how much for. Wow. So That's if there's ever a new, how she live in? Though? Does she have a nice house? Yeah. <laughs> no. So, but I think at, <laughs> I think it was probably something exciting. But like the NDA was scary enough that was like, yeah, I guess I won't. I won't disclose, but that's my hot tip. If like a new app seems to be popping off, get in there and get like Kohl's, Oprah, you know, like any of the major. Well, not Kohl's. They're they're gonna pay you in coupons. <laughs> okay, yeah, that was me. That was they're my card. Jo- Kohl's cash. Those were, that was my interest showing right there. I'm like, you know, JC Penny, Quiznos, <laughs> all the hot brands that are the kids love these days. <laughs> totally. Have you uh, noticed? Have the three of you noticed though? Even in the past few years, you know, with the rise of astrology apps and stuff, mm-hmm. even the phrase the phrase what's your sign, you know, five years ago, 10 years ago, you only used to be able to, it was just like your sun's sign, but nowadays everybody knows their sun, moon and rising, which just continually blows my mind every day. Yeah. We, Julia and I also host a stand-up comedy show. And a lot of times people will just start like vomiting it at us. Mm-hmm. Like comedians that we book or people that come to the show will just be like, I'm a this and this and this and this. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like we're on your, I can't be on uh, like Mars right now. I still haven't caught what you said about your rising. Like, <laughs> and um, it like blows my mind because I've, we've been doing stand up for so long and that never used to happen like ever. Have you gotten Do any you... famous comedians like birth times or what's the most famous comedians birth time that you've been able to score? The most famous mm. comedian that I've even met, I can't even think of. Probably, um, well, 
Hmm. Or would that be too hard of an ask? Well, like, like well, no, it's, to me, it's more like uh, it's the famous that's like going where I'm like, who, famous, famous to me or famous to like uh, an audience member or whatever. Because yeah. I'm like, I have birth times for people who have had like Comedy Central specials. Nice. But, okay. That's good. That's good. But not yeah. like a TV like well, I mean, I guess well, that is. Well, TV, Julia, but... you're sounding LA right now. We're like, are we talking? We, I don't know. Host we have of a like... major reality series. Are we talking like late night, late night hosts in their own? I just love it. We've had like Matt yeah. Rogers on this show. Oh yeah, yeah. we had Matt He's Rogers famous on. now. I mean, there's mm-hmm. yeah, there are people that I, we definitely have, but I feel like also people are so much less protective of their private information than they used to be. <laughs> oh yeah, like it's pretty Absolutely. easy to find people's information. Yeah, absolutely do you okay do people in your like neighborhood because you also host i don't know if you've been still hosting live astrology events which i love um do you do people come up to you where you live and talk try to talk to you about astrology if they know or do you feel like you're able to to walk in the world without anybody telling you <laughs> their sun moon and rising uh, yeah, I have had a few instances in my neighborhood. Like I go to this uh, apothecary and like a, a year or two, a couple of years ago, I was standing in line trying to buy like some like candles or something like that, like some bath bombs. And this girl, this woman that was maybe two people ahead of me, she's looking around, she turns around and she glances past me. And then suddenly she like looks dead at me and her eyes get big and she screams like at the top of her lungs. She's like, are you Chris Brennan? And everybody... <laughs> there's like 10 people in this store and they all stop and like turn towards me at the same time and i said yes and and she said she's like an astrology enthusiast and she turned out to be like a uh, astrologer that practiced here in denver and was super cool and we became friends after that but that was like one of the random like sightings out there that i that i had that is the exact reaction i would have if i saw you in public Are you Chris Brennan? I would be like, <laughs> right? oh my God. Yeah. It would be so funny excited. if it was more if it was more like that, I'd be more worried. If it was more like uh they were sort of like annoyed or like mildly irritated to see me in public. You told someone about a loosening of the bonds and it ruined my life. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. What you said about Capricorns last yeah. month made me so angry. I mean, we I think we talked about this on like the last time we recorded is just the amount of times I'm held up to my face a very like close-up co-star column is is more frequent than it used to be for that's for sure and I think that quick like fix me thing definitely comes up and it's like brah no like (laughs) like it's just not it's not that to me it seems to me that there's a kind of general perception about astrology especially because people have their chart on an app and they can show you and then they find out that you do astrology they also feel like they're going to show it to you and you're going to go like oh that's the coolest chart i've ever seen (laughs) whoa i don't even know how you got here today because this is wild or or it's just going to be so evocative but to me it's so funny because especially on co-star it's just like words it's not even you're not even like looking at the circle (laughs) the circle chart to see i mean you can't you can't even see degrees or aspects or anything so it's like you just are giving me a list of of stuff i show people the circle now and they do get it they do get excited to see the circle they just didn't know you could push circle a lot of the times but that's okay i mean it's like it's like it just depends on like the maybe intensity or or even to like as we've had in the past like people trying to like guess the guess my sign right because you should be a soothsayer because you like astrology it's like 
I'm not psychic. Yeah. I have tendencies, but not, you know, not, I wouldn't claim it. (laughs) That's the most annoying thing for me because it'll be somebody you met like five seconds ago and they'll say, guess my sign. But it's like, I I don't know anything about you. I just met you. I have nothing to go off of. Yeah. Can I call your exes? Like then I think I could get it closer. (laughs) I'll get warmer. (laughs) Let me know your employment history for the past like 20 years and I'll I'll (laughs) see what I can do. I I recently guessed someone's at a wedding and I was just very drunk and I hope they're not listening wanted them to leave me alone (laughs) so I just said Leo and walked away and then they went around to everyone at the wedding they were like she guesses signs whoa nice Mm. that's why I just say just say I just say no I don't do it (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well that's what's tough is sometimes <laughs> you'll you'll pick up on like a you know the rising sign or a planet that's in their first house or something like that if they're being really marsy and they have like mars in the first house or something but um that may not necessarily be their sun sign which is what they're expecting mm-hmm. yes i'm actually very good at guessing people's moon signs usually mm. if i guess but i'm like i can't even if i get it right then you think that astrology is just someone guessing a thing and if i get right. it wrong you think I'm bad at this, even though I could explain to you why I made the guess that I get, like an educated guess on something, but you don't know what, mm-hmm. like that it means nothing to that person. But right. do you, have you found, because are you, I know that you probably aren't doing as much consulting client wise as, as you have done in the past, or is that not true? Is that a incorrect assumption of mine? Yeah, I mean, I'm doing six episodes of the podcast a month plus teaching courses. So that takes up a lot of my time. And I've just sort of focused on that over the past two years. Do you find that more like trying to figure out what exactly my question is about this? Like, has has the increased accessibility, the apps, the those things, have you found it to be like that people are coming in more prepared to learn in your classes or that you are having readings where someone knows something or do you feel like it's not it doesn't influence that as much is that like someone who's wanting to take an astrology class is kind of interested in that learning and isn't going to come in and be like I know well co-star says blah 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 but I'm just wondering if there's if there is are people that more educated have, yeah, have you, yeah have you noticed that or is it are you able to get to things quicker because people are coming in with a better base knowledge or does it not matter yeah i think the amount of information and the number of resources and how much more accessible astrology is today is way different than it was like 10 years ago because people can listen to like podcasts or or, or youtube channels or you know there's a million different social media sites and everybody knows their their birth chart at this point so students are learning, they're picking it up much quicker than they used to. And they're more able to go into like the intermediate and advanced techniques for astrology much sooner than I ever saw before. So it's actually, I think, become a lot easier and more interesting because there's also, because people are so much more knowledgeable, there's less that people have to unlearn as well, just because people are learning pretty high level astrology from some of the different discussions and resources out there, like pretty quick. Damn. I'm just also looking at your chart. You don't have any planets retrograde, do you? Mm, I don't think so. No, because they're all so close. They're all bunched up around the sun. Yeah. And that makes it so that a lot of them ended up being direct. Yeah. Uh, that makes sense because I think this is not a question, rather a observation. And I mean, you're here on our podcast. Um, I would like to applaud you for being, I think, one of the, uh, let's say, 
old guard astrologer, certainly to us. I know that you've been the youngest in your experience for all these things, but as someone who very much to me represents um, like authoritative and institutional astrology, <laughs> um, I think that you do a really good job of making sure you are like updating who is practicing astrology, who's listening to these things, and just like always being very forward moving and thinking without obviously abandoning any of your traditional like as for someone who practices traditional astrology you are a very modern seeming uh person who's open and welcoming to new people in astrology and i think that that might be that lack of retrograde yeah thank you um i just i got a lot of help from older astrologers when i came into the field so i always wanted to pay that forward by passing that on to, on to other younger astrologers and then also um you know my even though I got into traditional astrology and I ended up writing a book about it eventually, and that's primarily what I teach and I'm known for, I started out for the first like four or five years of my studies as a modern astrologer, and I didn't think there was like any good reason to study ancient astrology, and they actually literally forced me to when I went to school for astrology at, at Kepler, and um, I thought we we tried to like organize a protest to like get out of it because I thought ancient astrology would be like old and outdated and they didn't have you know the outer planets and I figured you know how could something like that that didn't even know about the outer planets be useful but then they kind of just told me to suck it up and take the course otherwise I wouldn't graduate so I took this course and very quickly realized there was something valuable there um, so but I never I never forgot the good things that I learned and the whole process of going through that transition of realizing that sometimes you can just be utterly mistaken about something based on your preconceptions until you've learned it. So I've always tried to to keep that with me. Whoa. Like, what is your day to day? I'm sorry, like, what is your, I'm feeling Vogue 70, <laughs> I'm like Vogue 73 questions, right? Now. Like, what are we starting off coffee? Like, are we coffee tea? This is just, I, I think I'm always just impressed with kind of what echoing what Julia said with this, like, discipline and wide reaching knowledge in terms of Hellenistic and you know the history and you know all this sort of stuff so like are you like what is a day-to-day -day for you like is this just like paper and computer screens and books everywhere or at this point is it not or is it a lighter load <laughs> um yeah I mean I I have and also start with breakfast if you don't mind I Sorry, do want to know <laughs> yeah okay we're Stevie and I are both Tauruses we need to know what you okay. have yes <laughs> Yeah, and skincare, I mean, I... and skincare routine. You know, while we're while we're in the, while we're in the morning. <laughs> um. Yeah. I mean, I I schedule my month and my weeks around the podcast, and just like when do I have episodes? Because I do such long episodes. I do sometimes three or four hour episodes, so that really becomes my entire day. And oh, such a we huge... know. Yeah. Yeah. You know. <laughs> okay. Right. No. Um, it's I, strange to spend time with someone I've listened to for hours on end. Yeah, yeah. Like, I keep being like, "Whoa, <laughs> sorry, I interrupted you." No, it's alright. I always just wanted to be able to do like an episode on a single topic and have that be like the one time I ever deal with that topic, so I never have to come back to it and can move on to other stuff. So that's always part of the thinking behind that is like we're going to go through everything with respect to this topic in whatever time we have. So. Um, I structure my, but it's it's like a huge energy expenditure, and I'm super like uh, wiped out for the next like day or two after that due to some ongoing issues I've had with uh, long COVID and just dealing with like Saturn transiting through my first house over the past couple of years. So I've had to learn how to balance like work and the intensity of doing the podcast with um, doing things to like relax and take it easy afterwards. Like learning how to cook this year actually has been really good for. 
as almost like a taking care of myself and like almost like relaxing and meditative practice in between other things. And what are you cooking? That feels like a very. <laughs> I'm sorry. What, what are you cooking, Chris? Yeah, what are you what are you cooking up? Uh, you know, I like breakfast stuff is my favorite thing is just like making breakfast and some uh, eggs and a bunch of vegetables and I don't know, like making some sausage and some making like a chai or something like that. Uh, going for a walk to like get a chai to get a walk in during the day and yeah, just thinking about what the next episode is or what the next topics and sometimes I have to start researching those. So that's when I get all of the books out and really like start preparing and writing like a detailed outline ahead of time. The learning to cook feels very uh, Uranus and Taurus to me of the like kind of surprising shakeup thing, but it's a practical Torian thing almost. Does that make sense what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. This like, I feel like that's something that we've talked about a lot as like a ongoing theme where people are having to uh, like slow obviously the pandemic and lockdown and those things but do having to do kind of quote-unquote boring normal things and that being a change in a lot of people's lives right. uh as, as just like a theme in general so thinking about you having that saturn in the first and dealing with that you're in a saturn square <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. That makes a lot of sense. And, and you know, it was when Uranus went through my third house and through Aries, that was when I really got into podcasting and it really closely correlated with that. Whereas lately I've been trying to transition more into having people out here to Denver to do like interviews in person. And that's been an interesting variation of Uranus now going through Taurus and going through my fourth house with Aquarius rising, like, you know, hosting people to do the this podcast um, in my home. I always say that I think Taurus gets put in with food stuff because it uses all five senses. And I think going for a walk to get a chai is also very like all five senses. You're going to feel and hear and like smell things. And then you're also going to like end up tasting something different by the end of the walk. And I don't know, maybe your hands get cold. Yeah, totally. The uh, sensual like nature of Taurus. I've been doing this Zodiac series where we do a deep dive of like two or three hours on each sign this year. And the Taurus episode was one of my favorite episodes because I really got a much better understanding of how tied in with the the five senses are uh, that Taurus is and how important that is. And it made me understand and recontextualize things so much better. Oh, you mean Taurus being a magnet for Scorpios yet again? It's just... I feel like of all the Polaris, like I just like Scorpios are just flies on me. Like, and I, I love these flies, like they're great watery flies, but just of the, of those two <laughs> opposite signs, I feel like Scorpio and Taurus just in a polarity, like it's just like you again. Like, I think other Polaris can have different interactions, but I feel like it's like this beloved nemesis Engine, enemy who, yeah. who you have sex with as well. Or something. like, like you had like an old, that old flame, like. I haven't heard that name in years, drag, cigarette, Taurus, and Scorpio. Yeah, totally. Well, and that's your seventh house, right? So anytime anybody has stuff in your in Scorpio, that's like falling in your, your that's relationship for Lisa. sector. Lisa's. Oh, but, sorry, I do have, but I do have okay. Pluto fifth. So, of course, like, yeah. Pluto in the fifth. Okay. That's that's something. <laughs> that's, yeah. That's a, <laughs> that's really something. And it just <laughs> checks out all yeah. the way. Do you? Um, I feel like I already know the answer to this, but it is what I'm wondering as my, you know, 
my sad ass always wanting to <laughs> connect things. Do you ever like mix any modern into your traditional astrology now, or do you feel like you're pretty much traditional is the is the framework that I'm working when I'm not? Um, yeah, liberties? no. My, I would say my practice, like the foundation, is ancient astrology because I wanted to go back to the original system of where it all started, but then. I layer a lot of modern astrology on top of that. For example, by using the outer planets, like you're in a step two in Pluto. Um, I use transits in a very similar way in modern astrology and like secondary progressions and synastry and, and all sorts of stuff like that. Cool. Um, I guess my next question would be, or not question, but I don't know why I'm listing them so much. I'm trying to be <laughs> trying to be professional. Uh <laughs> uh how to go the opposite if someone is super modern what do you feel like besides your book uh and podcast you know how what what do you feel like the not like a tester but like what's a what's a good gateway to incorporate traditional astrology for someone who's like nah i'm modern miss me with that yeah, I think th I think there's some things that you can integrate that uh, that don't really conflict with anything you do, but just like um, help accentuate or expand what you already do with modern astrology. So one of the first things I found that I really loved was the concept of sect, which is the difference between day and night charts, and just the idea that you know each of us. That's one of the the astronomical things that all of us has such an intimate familiarity with on a day to day basis, where you just wake up and you go outside, and either it's daytime out and it's bright and the sun is out or it's nighttime and it's dark and you can see like the moon and the stars and everything else um but that is a technique that helps to tell you how the planets are functioning in a chart and for some reason it's it's a technique that didn't make it through to modern astrology or that we had forgotten about until recently so um it's one of those ones that's just super easy to like integrate to uh help you enhance sort of what you're already doing with modern astrology when you were a kid and you had to do, you know, astronomy stuff in school where they were teaching you the planets or going to planetariums on field trips. Were there planets that you feel like you have a similar either affinity for or dislike of that like still resonates with you today? Like, for instance, with me, I always really liked Venus, but I never knew that was my I never knew that it was my like sign and my chart ruler and all that stuff until I started studying astrology yeah I had something like that with um Saturn I used to like like to draw like the rings of Saturn I got like a telescope as a kid and um liked going to planetariums and, and seeing things like that and it ended up being ironic then that Saturn's kind of my most prominent planet and is probably one of the planets that comes off the most in terms of my personality um as I got older just being there like up in the 10th whole sign house sort of square the ascendant possibly ruling the rising sign if you use Saturn as the ruler of Aquarius. Um, I had a lot of little things like that. I had another one where when I was like six or seven, I went to this exhibit. I went to the museum one day and I was wandering around and they had this exhibit where they had like a sarcophagus set up from like Egypt or like a recreation of one. And um, they asked me if I wanted to come and like stand in it. And I, I went and stood in it and then I they took a picture of me and it ended up being on the front page of like my local newspaper like the Denver Post here in Denver and it was a funny little moment of like local celebrity when I was like seven years old but it ended up foreshadowing 
things that happened later because in studying ancient astrology, I ended up going back to the origins of astrology in ancient Egypt. And that's basically what my book is about. So there's like a weird echoing that sort of happened from that earlier event to foreshadowing what came later. Whoa, that's so interesting. Are you in a nodal return right now? Am I looking at this chart correctly? Yeah, all yeah. the eclipses are bouncing back and forth between Taurus and Scorpio, and that's where my my nodes are. Uh, North node at 27 Taurus and South node at 27 Scorpio. How are you? <laughs> like, how's it going? <laughs> How's it going for any of our people really in the nodal times right now? I know we just got out of got out of eclipse season and it was pretty, you know, saucy for a lot of people. <laughs> but how are you yeah. with this nodal yeah. re return? A lot of the fixed sign people, especially I noticed, are getting hit pretty hard, especially the people with like a fixed sign ascendant, because uh, then it's falling in one of their angular houses. But um, yeah, it's been it's been okay with me. It's been heavy. But uh, what happened on the Scorpio eclipse that just happened in October was I, I had just published this book, which was a translation of a second century astrological text by an astrologer from Egypt named Vedius Valens, who lived in the Roman Empire. And he's basically our, mo he's our most important source for um, learning what ancient astrology was actually like, because he wrote this textbook for his students where he included over 100 chart examples. And one of the chart examples that he keeps using like over and over again, almost an obnoxious amount of times, is this one chart example that it, we think is probably his own chart, but he just doesn't say <laughs> that it's his. But he knows like an awful lot of things about this person's life, including like <laughs> he knows like about this person's parents and he knows when this person was like conceived and he knows that wow. they were involved in a shipwreck when they were like 34 and that they somehow went around gathering charts birth charts for like six other people that were on the boat that was shipwrecked um wow. and he, he talks about this person had relationship issues when they were like 35 36 so pretty sure that was his chart and he had um <laughs> if if that was his chart he had his moon at 1 degree of scorpio in the third house so i didn't set it up to be this way but i ended up publishing his book um the first time it was published in its entirety in modern times pretty much right on that Scorpio eclipse, which was right on top of his moon in the third house and up in my my 10th house of career and work. Whoa. What year? When is That's this really in cool. the history of time, this guy? He was born in the year 120 CE, um, and he lived until about 175. So if you think of the movie Gladiator, uh -huh. um, the emperor who dies like right before that is Marcus Aurelius, who is like the old father that hands it off to you know, the younger son who's like the evil guy, Commodus, but Marcus Aurelius basically lived pretty much within the same time frame of Vadius Fallon. So just think of think of Gladiator uh, when you think of that era. Chris, I can't think of Gladiator. I'm from the cap trap generation with Neptune right next to my Saturn. I, I, <laughs> time is like incomprehensible, but I right. like but I like the movie reference because I'm like, I can at least think of the outfits. So I'm yeah. like, all right, we're in at least this sort of rubble building royalty outfits time period but yeah no i was as you were saying that i was like looking I'm like wow what is it like to not have neptune on your saturn where you can actually visualize like a that linear that linearness right like of actually like no like we're moving back all the way backwards yeah that's, that's 
that's a Saturn. That's my special Saturn skill. I always had that since I was very young. Is just the ability to memorize like dates and time frames that came up really well in like history class. I wasn't very good at like math or other subjects, but for some reason history, I do really well in. Mm-hmm. It's one of the my favorite favorite things about your podcast because it's something that I don't access easily at all. Where I'm like, oh, 1992, like ah oh, something and right. like it's yeah. gotta what be a, in there what somewhere <laughs> but yeah. you'll 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 have it and i love that so much so there's like a ride like columbus sailed the ocean blue in like 1992 <laughs> i think that's that's it. Yeah. Yeah. that's what i was thinking but right. that's yeah, yeah. not the right one <laughs> pretty sure that's correct <laughs> i like it i like it so much because it also makes me think of the same thing that i was gonna say when you were talking about sect um hearing this you know, Valens and, and the history of it just reminds me of us all, like how long astrology has been used forever. And that people, while, while we have different techniques and things, we're still looking up at the same planets and moon and sun. And that is something that has been uh, a pull for people forever. And so to learn that it does feel like a thing that's propelled people through all of history. And so to have someone who is still committed and engaged with sharing that now and to be able to be using that same information and to see how it like translates to our own life is so cool. I don't understand why people aren't more obsessed with astrology. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's just that, you know, we all, you know, part of the premise and the selling point of astrology is we have this like ancient system that can tell you, things about your personality that somebody shouldn't be able to know just looking at the alignment of the planets the moment you're born. Um, and we take for granted that this system is very old and very, you know, venerable or or useful, but a lot of us don't really know like where it came from or how it came together. We just use it sort of like we all, you know, can use other technologies like driving a car or like using a microwave without necessarily knowing like how to construct a microwave or or where it came from or what have you. But I always just wanted to go back and figure out where it came from so I could understand how to use the system better. And that's kind of what I found. And and just circling around a sect, I mentioned sect, but what's important about that is that sometimes it means if you're born during the day, people with day charts tend to resonate with their sun sign better. But sometimes when people are born at night, um, especially if the moon is prominent in their chart, like in an angular house, um, people can tend to resonate more with their moon sign. So that's one of the reasons why recovering some mm. of those ancient techniques is important because it can allow us to like make technical distinctions that are a little bit more precise or more advanced than than what we were doing before. Mm-hmm. Do you relate to Scorpioness with your sun up up high in the sky? Yeah, um, my sun's up there at the top of the chart, and it's hard because I have such a huge stellium of like four or five planets in Scorpio. So I definitely really relate to that more than anything else. Um, but yeah, I definitely, I think I still, with my moon and rising sun in Aquarius, maybe come off as an Aquarius, maybe primarily to people. I don't know. What mm-hmm. do you think? I think there's Aquarius in podcasting for sure. And mm-hmm. I think as someone that mostly like listens to your voice, I'm not a YouTube person. Um, I feel like it's there, it is Aquarian, but also there is like a soothing nature to it that I think is very Scorpionic. Mm-hmm. I wonder, like, those two signs, I think, too, they're so like research oriented. All of it, I was gonna say, I see some similarity sense. with Aqua in yeah. the way you are Aquarian and Scorpio, are very, I think that's where those two signs are similar in their 
multiple tab proud nerddom in the best of way and just they're like they know every um they're not gonna like lightly enter into an interest i don't think any mm-hmm. really starting from like scorpio maybe even like i feel like sag and cap have that too like if they're gonna invest in it well sag in like a different way sag like an accidentally i've ended up in this wormhole and now i can't get get out of it sort of way but i do see the most as like really dedicated into the things that they really want to absorb but i'm just wondering like because i'm guessing you grew up like we all did reading like very basic horoscopes probably magazines and seeing these like short summaries of scorpio did that connect to you then prior to knowing astrology or did it like enhance more once you knew actually more about scorpio stuff yeah, I mean, I think I always resonated with like the Scorpio horoscopes just because my sun and Pluto and Saturn and Mercury and South Node are there. So it's such a heavy emphasis of that sign for me that it always kind of matched more or less. But were you goth? I, I was a little, I was a little like internally, yeah, I was pretty like <laughs> uh, sort of depressive and overly intense, especially as a teenager, uh, sort of in that, in that vein. Yeah, yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. Tight. <laughs> Yeah. With um Mars ruling you now and it being retrograde, how are you feeling? Um good. I've been it's been interesting following that because I've seen different people like, you know, my my um Sagittarius rising friends where it's like retrograding in their seventh house, they're having relationship issues, or I had a Gemini rising friend who when Mars stationed in their first house, they got in a car accident and like totaled their car. Um so far, I've been I've been okay. Uh, <laughs> I think it, it's going through my fifth house. I've been um, somebody said that the fifth house sometimes can indicate students, and and sometimes, um, yeah, I've, I've just been noticing like some of my students like going off and like doing other things, and and that's been part of the Mars retrograde. I think for me, mm. yeah, this is going to cool. come out next week. So I mean, we are in like the the tail end of the year, and not with too much, you know. You know, listen, obviously you probably all listen to the astrology podcast, so you'll get your fill over there, but how are we feeling for this end of 2022 in general? Like what's, what are we, what are we riding out on in your humble opinion? Oh my God. One of the coolest things that's happened in the past <laughs> week is, um, have you been following? So, so early, you know, a month ago, um, I don't know how much each of you are on Twitter, but there was that whole thing where, Mars squared Neptune and all of a sudden there's just this explosion of fake accounts that were being used for like parody and because when Elon, Elon was, yeah 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 that guy was, was doing all <laughs> of his not great hijinks and and completely started just giving out blue check marks so anybody could be verified which was a obviously a dumb idea suddenly there's a bunch <laughs> of like verified looking accounts that are all just like you know saying terrible things like there was like an Eli Lilly account that said oh, you know yes. in, insulin is free and then all of a sudden like their <laughs> stock price like drops the next day which is fine like that was hilarious but there were other ones <laughs> so i saw that correlate with mars square neptune retrograde mars square neptune um as well as some other stuff but then over the past few days it's been so amazing seeing venus come up in square neptune and all of a sudden everybody's using the lensa app in order to create those ai mm-hmm. like uh, digital pictures of themselves that look all like artistic and beautiful. And it's such an interesting contrast, you know, Mars square Neptune versus Venus square Neptune. Well, that's interesting mm-hmm. too, because of like the controversy around it as well of, mm-hmm. I don't know if anyone's been, cause I I'm 
to answer yes deeply on twitter also you're my favorite clap back real housewife responder <laughs> yeah. astrology yeah. Community, yeah. I so say. good <laughs> you just like i'm like that's a scorpio right there that's the stinger just being like you're done so i appreciate anytime you're sassy on twitter so Please Thank don't you. change. I, um. <laughs> I'll try. I, I'll try not to get myself in trouble too much, but sometimes, you know, you got to do what you got to do. It can be a real mess. But with AI stuff of like, of, oh, automating art, right? And then also mm. these styles by these different artists that we can simulate in an application that you do put in your, your debit card information for. And, mm. the, you know, you're like, oh, well, where's that going into? So I, I think this, um, I think we're just in a, in a weird, of course, Saturn Aquarius wrapping up kind of soon, like where you kind of need a new internet. It's kind of, we kind of broke this one. I think we pushed it to its limits and I don't know what, I don't know what that means. Like, I don't know what that's going to look like for the future, but I think we're like, yeah, like we, we really ruined this toy <laughs> and, I'm, and, I'm, and I'm an internet girly. I mean, I'm 11th house stellium. Like I like, I like the net, but it, it's even like. Okay, okay, Grandma, we got to go to bed out here. <laughs> there needs to yeah. be a, a new dawn. Well, it's been wild because you know the past few years since Saturn went into Aquarius has been the Saturn return of the World Wide mm -hmm. Web, and it's been mm -hmm. interesting seeing that cycle of like everything coming full circle and being brought to completion, but also seeing how what what's been happening is sort of setting the foundation for the next thirty years. Um, but what's making me a little nervous about that is a little wild is, you know, for all of us, fixed sign people are going to breathe a sigh of relief when Saturn departs from Aquarius finally in March after being going through that sign for like three years. Um, but then that sigh of relief lasts for approximately like two days because then like Pluto moves into Aquarius right after that. So I right. realized Pluto's <laughs> going to be in Aquarius for 20 years. Um, so if Saturn in Aquarius for the past three years has been relating somehow to the internet and some of the things we're seeing, it'll be interesting to see how Pluto just takes that to to the next level. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, thinking of the Saturn, it does feel like more it's just like the it's time for the internet to grow up and be be like internet's been like the fun like hey man hey this is just the internet this is just like where we do this and it's like hey you're you're almost 30 um like <laughs> let's it's time for you to start uh you know mm -hmm. paying for stuff and that pluto feels a little bit in the internet context to me of like like no like we're we're done with that this Con is a new consequence this is a new yeah there's consequences there's power in this we're trying to build a new system around these things as opposed to like it, it's been feeling very much like the whack-a-mole kind of like problems popping up and then us going like, okay, well, what if we just like redid this? I know mm -hmm. we can't redo the actual internet, but even the things around like paying for internet and that kind of, you know, all of that kind Twitter of Twitter as a public mm -hmm. utility is a news source. It's like to think one billionaire can upend this thing that's been very extremely useful for millions and millions of people is outrageous or even internet as a utility, right? Like having to be fiber optics in and, and put in, or I even think of like with TV now, like it's like so refreshing to watch something that's not made to be made a meme. Like, mm -hmm. because now so much is created to be just a screenshot or even like TikTokification. I saw like this one dude who used his girlfriend's money to like buy her a house surprisingly. And she's just weeping. And it's like, you mended this to go viral, but this is just like Truman show weird and sad. Mm. Like this isn't these pranks or like this, like voyeur gotcha is just like, it's just like 
corny and like what's the what's the word what's the hack i'm thinking mm-hmm. the internet's gotten a little hack and i and i think we're all waiting for something that feels fresh and new and i don't know what that means it might just feel really old and dusted and just transforming but that's been on my mind i don't know i think it is because it is to me tiktok and which don't get me wrong i'm addicted to it's a, but it's fun it, it's great but it's like it's so bite-sized that when i like when the last trip scott and i took and i can't even remember where we went where we stayed in a hotel and i had my dog and i just turned on comedy central it must have been thanksgiving just because like my dog likes the sound um so but it was like every time i walked in it was like a different comedy that was on and it was just like I got to like tune in throughout the day and I was still consuming in like bite-sized pieces. I wasn't sitting down watching. I mean, at times I would watch entire episodes, but it just felt so much more like less chaotic. There was more of a through line. It didn't feel like on one TikTok where I'm like here watching a sound bath and then suddenly the next thing is just like loud and scary, you know, and it's like, I don't know. Yeah, it's all happening so rapidly and so fast and uh even i think even the form factor is like going to be different because one of the things i realized that's going to greet us with um pluto and aquarius early next year is i just saw this on twitter the other day where elon musk like announced that his Neuralink company was about to release like human versions of their like their like brain um interface with computers and so that's going to literally going to be one of the f- first things that like hits the stores, I guess, or starts becoming popular when Pluto goes into Aquarius, which is really interesting to think about. Yikes. Yeah. I mean, can't they like get the cars right first before we get into the brain chips? <laughs> yeah. The self-driving cars. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> I mean, okay. I mean, the one, you know, what? One, you know, this is getting very Aquarian, like paranoia, but the one that freaks me out the most are those like Boston robotics, like police dogs, like the mm. robotic police. That's the military police weaponry is the one I really get. I mean, I try not to think about it because it, when you see like, oh, they can do backflips now. <laughs> like, they've been really, and I mean, oh, look, they have like really <laughs> malleable elbows and joints, like good technology you're using. It's like, it's not for, you know, doing surgery for like amputees. It's just to like, bus skulls at protests it's like wow but it could be used for surgery and for for things that are like actually for that that aquarian quest for a bigger and brighter future but the same people that want a bigger and brighter future on the aquarian altruistic level want the same on the aquarian dictator ass level too so it's it's so it's so like one of those choose your own adventures that we can see with the signs when people are like i thought aquarian you know age of aquarius and this and it's like it can be and dick cheney and dick cheney <laughs> and dick cherry being the the aquarian of all aquarians yeah i mean i think pluto just goes to extremes it takes everything to extremes mm. and it takes small things and makes them big and like blows them up out of all proportion so i think we'll just see some of the logical conclusions of some of the different technological and other aquarian stuff being taken to whatever the utmost extreme is which in some instances will be you know problematic and in other instances will be good um yeah so it'll be we'll see how it goes Okay, before we got on, you were like, hang on, I'm entering your charts into my system. Yeah. And so I'm back. I'm just here to say, like, okay, like now and and what <laughs> and what do we have? And what do we have? To, anything where you were you I thought you were doing? gonna ask 
who he likes the best. And oh, yeah. I was actually, like, I could go. That's I a great question. Right. My door now rank, rank them. <laughs> that would have been yours. really funny if you didn't give me the names ahead of time. And then if you just like oh, tested shit. me. Ooh. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Next time. Be a good, oh. Good test. Uh, that's, that's a actually, fun. The, do you ever do that thing on a, on, I forget which, I think it's Astro. Uh, it's not Astro.com. There's another Astro-charts or something like that, where they have a game where you, they put up strangers pictures and you can guess their, uh, oh, really? guess their sign. Mm, that's nice. Fun. Wow. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I always thought that would be good, like a uh, scientific test, which would be to see if you could match like a chart with a person. And because if you could do that enough times, which I think is is you can do, um, it would be like a really impressive demonstration of astrology. Whoa. Mm-hmm. I think we were talking about guessing when we were talking about guessing signs earlier. I'm usually very good. Just had to come circle back to it. I can pick up on el- heavy elements. Rarely like the the signs themselves, but I'm usually in the right ballpark with if someone's really earthy, really watery, airy. Yeah. Fiery. Totally. Because it so so exudes from different people's personalities if they have like a a ton of fire placements but no water placements or if it's like all water placements but no fire placements or what have you like that really comes across pretty strongly in their their personality. Hmm. To- totally. Even I think just like looks wise too. I feel like elements usually come out more with just like someone that looks you know like they've been crying or that they are from planet Neptune and just like look like those beautiful mermaids are like you must have water like you you just it's something's wet in here right i'm calling it something's wet anything we need to look out yeah, for what towards what's this year yes. next year um in for each of you individually or just in terms of like the mundane yes. astrology for us no, for us yeah only for us that's what is what we're here for <laughs> yeah <laughs> I mean, this could be good practice because I'm I'm trying to get myself hyped up to do year ahead horoscopes right now this month, but I, I kind of dragging my feet because doing like 12 of anything is like a lot. Doing like 12 push-ups is a lot, but doing like 12 mm-hmm. 30, 30 minute or hour long horoscopes for each rising sign is a lot. So maybe well, this poor Pisces by the end. It's just like have fun, sweetheart. Like we don't yeah. Yeah, like it's like five You're not gonna shit. listen anyway. That's, that's so. why all the Pisces all the Pisces descriptions are like, they're kind of unknowable and like, bro, wishy-washy, whatever. It's like, just like, ah, yeah. I'm exhausted. I'm, just, Pis- Pisces are actually like very regimented and strict. We've just told them that they're messes. Yeah. I'm just smoking a cigarette by that point in the Zodiac. Yeah. And, and just Y'all like, figure good, it out. Old souls. Luck, <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, but yeah, for, 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 for us. Okay, so um, let me see. Whose chart should I start with? Uh, whichever one you're on. Whoever, whichever yeah, one's open. open, yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, I put Lisa's chart in first, so I'll start with her. Um, so you have Taurus rising. That's actually one of the things that was interesting. You sent me all your charts from astro.com, and, and it was in Placidus, which is their default. Do all of you use Placidus, or what approach do you usually take? We usually use Placidus, but we click around. Okay, cool. Just wanted yeah. to clarify. Modern girlies all around. For the most part, yeah. Do you want me to show you your chart? I can share my screen if you want oh, to. Oh, go for it. Yeah, I can make yeah. you. Um, I think I have to make you the host. Let me do. 
How old are you, Lisa? That's a good question. <laughs> I think I'm 34, but I lost a few COVID years. Like I forget. Right. I think I'm 34 though. Okay. Um, so one of the techniques I do is just the ancient techniques is just annual perfections. Have you all talked about that before? I don't know if we I have on, on pod, bit. but in friendship life, yes. I'm sure it's been mentioned on that, but I don't think we've ever like talked about it on like as an episode topic. Okay. Um, well, with that technique, you just start from like, I mean, so here's Lisa's chart. Lisa has 26 Taurus rising. So using whole sign houses, that kind of shifts the Taurus, Taurus stellium of the sun and Mercury and Jupiter to the first house. Um, so I would be reading that in the first house normally, and then Venus in the second house. Um, but one of the things I noticed right away, just having Taurus rising, that those eclipses that have been happening have been hitting your first house and seventh house axis, which is usually like self and um, partnerships or self and relationships. So usually just the keywords are like major beginnings and major endings when it comes to those two areas, um, both health-wise and self-perception or sometimes appearance-wise. And then also um, relationship-wise or in terms of partnership or one-on-one -on -one interactions with other people in your life. Um, we're like halfway through that eclipse series, but I think that eclipse series is going to continue through uh, the late, later part of next year because we're going to get one more eclipse in Scorpio and one more in Taurus. So um, have you already been having like some major stuff in that area so far? Or how's that gone for you at this point? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, is that I, something I? I mean, I don't want to pry or anything. You guys, no, you guys put me on all. the spot. No, you guys put me I'm... on the spot, so I'm totally going to put you on the spot and just like start <laughs> talking like about your deepest, darkest secrets. Yeah, we're like we're opening up I'm the hood sure. on the cards, right? Yeah, and, and I'm like sure it. all of our listeners have already heard that this stuff, but I I got engaged on one of the eclipses. Oh, I got real? a new yeah, I got a new car on one of the eclipses. What eclipse, I, what eclipse did you get engaged on? The first one, I think, that was last year, the 19th of November. Mm, okay, got it. And and the car was also that day. I also got laid off from a job on one of the eclipses. Like, I, I it really has. And also, I've had a lot of, like, because of, you know, changing my marital status and moving through different work positions and different things i've like taken on a new position at my current job i still work two day jobs and like do other stuff um but yeah i've like taken on different roles there and so it has affected like the way i see myself and the type of things i have to do just like my personal stuff during the day um and obviously our relationship is is growing and changing at the same time, which makes me wonder about me as a wife and all those things. So absolutely, yes, all of this stuff definitely hitting. Totally. Yeah, because the thing about the eclipses and about the first and seventh house ones is it keeps bouncing back and forth like a teeter-totter where sometimes you'll feel like you're putting more emphasis on relationships, but then things are becoming unbalanced with yourself. And then other times you have to go back and you're putting more emphasis on yourself and um, either taking care of or sometimes going through major changes in terms of your sense of yourself, but then it you know unbalances things with relationships. So it ends up being this ongoing process in like six month increments while the eclipses are going through those signs for a couple of years. Mm -hmm. I had a question about that. Is that just a first house, seventh house thing in your opinion, or is that like an angular house thing in your opinion? Um, I mean, it's primarily a first house, seventh house 
thing in terms of just the eclipses falling there in mm -hmm. Taurus and Scorpio for this year. But um, yeah, I mean, when they start falling in your fourth and 10th, oftentimes stuff involving your living situation and your career starts coming up and becoming much more prominent. That just, I feel like I've probably said this before too, that my, my Virgo mom always says, it's like, you can't have it all. When job's good, your relationship's bad. When home's right, then you're, you know, your skin's breaking out. And I don't, well, I think um, I'm not as like maybe uh, depressing like that, like as my Virgo mom, when she, when she gets really into it, I do think just hearing you kind of bring that up, just maybe think of the angular houses where it is really hard to keep all those things in balance, yourself, your relationships, your home and your work. Yeah, it's like part of the basic um, tension just of the opposition mm -hmm. and that oppositions always have that tension of pulling you in two different directions and, and trying to balance them, but that being kind of a difficult balancing act at times. Yeah, it, it, it hasn't been the most fun, but it hasn't been horrible either. <laughs> I've learned a lot. Yeah, I, I use the keywords great beginnings and great endings for eclipses. And Austin and I have like this ongoing argument on the podcast about he really thinks eclipses are, are very negative most of the time. Uh, and he's been kind of walk turning. He's been kind of like um, talking me around a little bit to his position, but I still have a more positive spin because sometimes I just see really positive major life-changing events happen on eclipses that are not negative they can just be the beginning of something really um important and and pivotal in the person's life so that's one of the things that makes me think they're not just they're, they're really not just negative mm -hmm. and you i can tell him that my engagement while a good thing was very intense it was like a very intense day as well so okay. it, it definitely was like beautiful and all of the things but we had like travel difficult. It was definitely a day where we were like white knuckling it at points. So <laughs> yeah, that totally makes sense because there's definitely this tumultuous energy where everything's just like swirling and up in, a in the air during eclipses. And um, yeah, that actually makes a lot of sense. I, I like what you said with this, of your co-host with the like eclipses can only be, you know, bad things only, which I think a lot of people feel that way, but you're having that bent. Cause I do think, and maybe it's the Uranus Taurus Saturn times for us fixed people. And I know we got a lot of fixed people present is like, well, I wouldn't do any of these changes if they weren't, if the rug wasn't ripped away from under me. So mm -hmm. I think if you're maybe are more mutable or cardinal, it's like, it's, you're probably, you're, we're all going to experience them differently, but I think sometimes fix actually really, really, really needs the push, the pull or whatever it is. So maybe, maybe that optimism comes from fix people being like, I don't know. Otherwise I would just stay in the same shit forever. If I didn't get radically rocked my socks every once in a while. Yeah. That's a really good point that maybe it's a little harder for the fixed people. And, you know, it doesn't help that Uranus is going through there through Taurus at the same time. So Uranus was conjunct some of those recent eclipses. So there's even more of a sometimes sudden erratic or sometimes destabilizing influence surrounding things, which can make it feel even a little bit more, um, hectic or a little bit more chaotic. Mm -hmm. Totally. Yeah. So anyway, that was the main thing that, that just like popped out aside mm -hmm. from just being in a, if Lisa's 34, being in an 11th house perfection year activating Pisces. So the topic of friends and groups being more important this year compared to other years. And that's something that would carry through until April when you, um, end that perfection year and move into a 12th house perfection year. 
But oh. I don't want to move into the 12th house perfection year. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Same. I, yeah, it has definitely been 11th housey and over here and I'm I'm a little bit a little bit nervous for the next year, but I also in Placidus have a lot of stuff in the 12th. So, it isn't a place I'm necessarily super uncomfortable in, but something I look forward to looking at more next year. Yeah, one of the things that's great about 12th house perfection years is just that it's the end of a 12-year cycle, so you get to do a lot of reflection and looking back and and seeing and realizing how far you've come over the course of the past decade, and there can be something really fulfilling about that. You are an optimist. My God. Wow. I'm like, <laughs> I've never heard a 12th house year described so like, it's like yearbook signing. Like It's like, oh, we did a really good job. Right. <laughs> we did it. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. So am I really, did it, was this yeah. a, was this entire thing a covert way to get me to read all of your charts at the same time? Yeah. <laughs> did um, you not know was, what this podcast is? That's, bri- that's brilliant. I have to give it to you. That's, that was a smart, I didn't, yeah, I mean, we me. could read you back, but you'll be like, please stop. Yeah. What can we, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This placement's hot. Yeah. <laughs> like, right. Stuff like that. Okay. Um, you should adopt see. a chinchilla next year. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, here we go. Here, here's Julia's chart, oh, uh, yeah. which I like because of the the Scorpio Mercury. That's that's my favorite Mercury placement. I think I think that's the best sign. I think everyone agrees that Scorpio is probably the best <laughs> of the twelve. You heard it here first. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Um, so what's going on with you? So Saturn's getting ready to leave your fifth house, or it's been going for through for a bunch of years. Um, you have a night chart with the moon in Capricorn. You just had a birthday. Hold it, do turn. 35. Okay. And I'm like, I'm I'm in that 12th. <laughs> okay. So you just ended the, you just left the eleventh and moved into the twelfth. Yes. So you, were, you were in a Leo perfection year and then before that, a, a cancer perfection year, usually in the years in which the luminaries are activated by annual perfections, that's when the eclipses are actually more important. Um, so the eclipses would have been what falling in your eighth house and second house axis, which is like your financial axis for the most part over the past year or so. And then before that, they were in your third and ninth. Um, mm-hmm. But but you're getting ready for the same shift because the eclipses are going to start moving into Aries and uh, Libra here starting in what, like April and May. So you're getting ready to move away from like a financial focus um, to more of a self and relationships focus over the course of the next year. Um, How was, oh yeah, you're one of the Libra rising people that had a Jupiter return while Jupiter was going through Aries but you're a night chart, so it wouldn't have been as positive for you. Um, Some of those were really fascinating, the Libra rising charts when Jupiter was transiting through the seventh house this year, because it was like, my two favorite celebrity examples were were Britney Spears got married. She's Libra rising with Jupiter transiting Mm -hmm. through her seventh house. I think it was really close to when it's stationed. And then another funny but bizarre one was um, Dan Bilzerian got married, and he has a Libra rising and he has Jupiter in the seventh house. And it was kind of bizarre seeing somebody who's trying to be like, you know, Hugh Hefner, you know, rip off or something like that, get married supposedly while Jupiter is transiting through his seventh house. 
Wow, not the name I was expecting I, to hear. I cannot not. believe I've yeah. ever looked at his chart. I, I just happened to notice that we had it on Astro.com one day because I was just like, this guy's so bizarre. Like, I have to know what his sun sign is. I just wanted to know what his like basic signs were, but it turned out it was available on Astro.com. Somebody had gotten his birth certificate. Wow. I know what I'm doing Whoa. today. Yeah, I'm actually, yeah. I'm going straight to this <laughs> natal chart. I'm like, what is his, his chart, sun sign? It, it actually sad really well like his chart wow. actually fits him incredibly well and it, it fits kind of what you would expect based on kind of the highlights of like some of his his whatever his story his annoyances yeah right oh okay yeah whoa right. getting He's into really it. just just a just a loss for the sag community i'm sorry you guys he's really really sad <laughs> Sag is con controversial, okay? It's still, you know, mm -hmm. you, you love him or you hate him, I find. <laughs> so feels feels on brand. <laughs> um, I did I did also get married this year. I was legally married uh end of end of 2020, but had a, a ceremony which felt very both 11th house perfection year and also Jupiter and Aries in the seventh. My husband is also an Aries, uh, so it's <laughs> very on the nose. Wow. Okay. Nice. And he's also and a, a Libra. big Aries. Also a, I feel like he's very yes. Jupiter Aries. Yeah. <laughs> yes, he is. He is like Jupiter like Aries. Personality. And also Libra yeah. rising. Yes. All of it. I love that. Okay. So you had Jupiter go through your seventh house and you got married as well. That's so funny. Um, you, Brittany, and, what, and Dan. Yeah. <laughs> also, also Sag, all Sag Libra risings. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, right. With the seventh house. Duh. How were the um, eclipses in your second and eighth, though? Like sometimes that can have to do with either debt or like things surrounding like merging your finances with a partner or something like that. Like, did that come up? Yes, absolutely. Um, a, a big financial merge this year, um, partner wise. And also just, um, I guess maybe I'm getting ahead of myself and thinking of that leading into this 12th house perfection year, like you said, about kind of wrapping up cycles. But it does feel like, mm -hmm. Finance has definitely been on my mind more in a way that it is not typically. I'm usually more, you know, like this is about this is about like the the craft and studying and whatever. And the past two years I've been like, no, this is about making money. I need to like get be responsible in that way. And so it does feel like kind of the the last piece of this um, you know, I don't know, growing. Uh, growing up puzzle or whatever because it makes it does it does very much feel like 35 is not old by any means but I am crossing into a new threshold where you are going into that kind of like oh like this is you're always getting older but it fe I feel much more like this is the end of a kind of uh young person cycle into an older person cycle uh mm -hmm. and so it makes sense that that's like the the last thing if that makes sense yeah totally and then just there would be some continuation of that financial focus, not just due to the eclipses, but also just because Mercury is the ruler of the year for you and it's located in the second house. So yeah. just having the ruler in the second will continue some of those themes. Um, okay, I can. Second house question, because mm -hmm. I think it does so typically get, you know, with money and, and things. Is there any other second house stuff? I feel like I've just had a lot of friends with second house, really have a second houseness have had you know, there some wild rides. And I feel like it's, they're always like, I just read that it's about money, but I'm not having money things. Like what, what do you 
what else is like the second house packing for you that maybe people might overlook or forget um, if maybe money is not at the top of their mind? Yeah. I mean, money, possession, sometimes that it can extend to other like psychological concepts of like self-worth, especially to mm. the extent that we sometimes associate our financial stability or possessions or other things like that with our general sense of like how good we are as people. Personhood. Though, yeah. Yeah. Like things like that, like sometimes can get tied up. Whoa. In so I think that's when you get start getting into a sort of deeper level with some of those psychological implications when you start heading in that direction. And if there's, you know, challenging placements there, sometimes there can be challenges to that or the person having to rethink some of those issues and like how they identify themselves relative to to things like that or things they own. You just brought me to the phrase in my mind of like what they bring to the table. And I mm. think that that has been the theme of the, a lot of these second house heavy people um in our and just in just my internal conversations I've been having with with folks so thanks yeah um all right and the, then I guess your chart's last time and don't worry we're gonna Venmo you Chris for all, all <laughs> <Yeah>. the labor <laughs> no. right yeah no. <laughs> um all right Stevie here's your chart you have cancer rising um 10 10 a.m so you have a day chart with the sun and venus and taurus in the 11th whole sign house mm -hmm. this chart wouldn't be that different than like your plastis chart is it pretty similar i guess i guess it's the it's, it it's pretty the... similar and i when i um because i went to psa in portland and we we did everything in whole sign there so i'm like okay. i'm used to looking at it in, in whole sign but i do use plastidus so all my Gemini stuff's in the 11th house with my Taurus stuff in Plastis. Okay. My Mars is, is in the 12th. Um, and then my cap cap clusters right at the bottom, like right under the descendant in the six. Um, uh, but also, and I, I relate to like both, like a lot of the times whenever I'm for reading horoscopes or thinking about what's, what's happening to me. So, uh, was your Saturn return more, um, health and illness oriented, or is your Saturn return between 2017 and 2020 more relationship oriented? It was both. It was really both. Mm, okay. Which I know is like not a fun, like it somehow was both themes, but I think it, 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 I think taking care of myself revealed how, on uh, how moving backwards my relationship was. Mm. The more I like matured, the things that are like cute in your 20s gets less cute. You know, and those um, those things of like partying or responsibility or goals or any of that stuff. I mean, I had like it was probably the first time I started taking care of myself and then also had a big breakup at the time, too. And when Saturn was in um, Sagittarius, that's when I first moved to L.A., too. So it was kind of like this buildup of like moving somewhere new, changing my habits and then ultimately, you know, dumping someone. <laughs> it's like it's like how that can naturally build. Nice. I like that. Is that does ever is that an issue for the three of you where it's like somebody's just telling you something terrible, and, but the astrology matches like so well their story and their chart does that you're just like nice. That's a great lineup. And you, <laughs> you're like, <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> yeah, you're like, that's great. I, I just, I, I caught, if you watch some of those like live episodes of the me, me reading charts at the Mercury Cafe, like you'll see some instances like that of just people just saying these like traumatic stories, and then I'm like. That's awesome. The astrology lined up perfectly. <laughs> like way to, way to go. And I yeah, I kind of need to check check myself occasionally about that. Sick, sick. Um, love that for you. I hope it 
No, and I'm I'm yeah. Aries Moon, so yeah, I'm like I probably forgot what you said like five minutes ago. So like it's <laughs> I I don't I don't take as easily offense as my Cancer Rising might like feel like I will. Yeah. So you've had um, Jupiter going through your tenth house this year. What perfection are you in, or what what age I'm, are you? I'm 33, so I'm in ten. Okay. I'm in a tenth house perfection year. Am oh, I so right? actually yep. in, in a tenth house perfection year. So mm -hmm. ever since May, and Jupiter has been going through your tenth house. I mean, do you feel like you've been in a period of growth and expansion when it comes to um, career stuff, or how has that been? So I this shit's so on the nose. I because I my day job I work in television. And my night job is astrology and podcasting and, and, and this stuff, like doing readings and, and doing the podcast. And then we do other stuff related to the podcast. Mm. And my day job, I like started this company for casting back in May. And it was like, I've been doing it for seven years because of my day jobs in reality TV casting. And then we in started- When in May did you start it? Oh, well, actually, excuse me, we didn't start. We started in January, 2020, but we got our first big- job in May. Like we land that we did the goal, right? Like we hit like this is when the like it all starts and making money and all this stuff. And that's um, when Jupiter went into Aries for the first time was May 10th. Yeah. It was it was absolutely around that time. And then it just it was one of those things how I've had Jupiter in my 10th house has felt like wow, that's all the shit I don't want to do. I did it and I got to the biggest level, but I don't think that's me. And I'm actually having like a really big career with, especially when Jupiter went back into Pisces. And for me, that went back into my ninth house and, and you know, more reflection time. Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm now like ready to hit Jupiter going back into Aries with all the shit I actually wanted to do. So like I went really full throttle with what I had been doing. And of course, there's been a ton of other astrology that is I can attribute to shaking shit up. But yeah. So it's like I did and I hated it. And then I reflected and now I'm going to go back at it and and put my focus into the things that I actually really care more about. Yeah, that makes so much sense with just Jupiter, you know, stationing retrograde in Aries and then mm -hmm. retrograding back and heading back into Pisces and just going back and reviewing things or thinking things over. But then Jupiter's getting ready to go back into Aries here on the 20th of December and it'll be there for several months. It'll kind of zoom through, but Usually mm -hmm. the second the second time you get a major transit like that is the time where um you really get it down and like figure out what you're supposed to do at that point and and uh do it to a hundred percent or what have you. Yeah. And if it's like if I was reading horoscopes or you know, from ones that aren't from like someone reading me directly, right? It's so like this is your career time, like keep moving, hunt queen. And it was like, oh, I think the Ariesness, especially with my moon there was just like a real confirmation of like who I, in a very 10th house scene way, I'm like, I don't think this is like me. I, I think I've, I've, I think I like, I, there's things that I want to, to pay, make me passive income that I don't want to be part of my identity. And I think I want to focus more on the things that actually feel and look more like me. Okay. That makes sense. So that'll be important because the eclipses are, are going to shift from your fifth and 11th house axis to mm -hmm. your um, fourth and 10th house axis. So um, thinking about that and having like major beginnings and major endings when it comes to both your career and just your reputation or how people perceive you as well as your home and living situation and family um, being one of the shifts that's coming up here in what, like six months from now, five months? Sick. And as our listeners know, we all got married this year. So 
Mm. It's been, we've just had a lot of life changes and in, in pandemic time and in career time. And then it's like, of course, in our like commitment time, and we're all Venus chart ruled or no, not Venus. We're just all Venusy people. Um, Mm. but yeah, there's just, I think career and and I've moved in July too. like, just a lot of hope, just a lot. It feels very new direction. Okay. And not necessarily throwing everything out, but just like, maybe I pick up a lot of hobbies (laughs) and pick up a lot of things that are like interesting. It's like, can be too much. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking forward to, there's going to be some spicy stories, uh, with the Venus retrograde in Leo that's coming up next summer. Like that's Uh going to be really an interesting time. Just like paying attention to what's happening in the news and tabloids and stuff like that. Ooh, gossip report. Yeah. Yeah. That is exciting. Great. Well, thank you. Thank you for indulging us. Yeah. 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 Sorry, it wasn't like the full uh, normally. No, uh, it was way more more than above and beyond. So do you, I mean, yeah, thank you. That was, that was truly sick. Okay. I will have a question back at you because you and Julie have the same placement. Uranus conjunct Venus and Sagittarius. What the fuck's up with y'all? You both, you both made them with like coyest <laughs> smile. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, uh, there's different levels of of that, uh, but the the level that I would probably go into that I'm comfortable going into or saying would just be the um, part where it's up in my eleventh um, whole sign house and it's in my tenth house by my midheaven by Placidus. So I get this blend of tenth house and eleventh house things, and I've kind of just like made a career out of. Um, you know, going around and interviewing different people in my community and especially working with friends um, very frequently. And occasionally I've become involved in like organizing efforts in the astrological community, like becoming the president of the Association for Young Astrologers at one point or the research director of the National Council for Geocosmic Research. So uh, yeah, I don't know. I just like to keep it lively by like going around and doing a bunch of different things and also just incorporating technology in a in a major sense and being like kind of like a tech guy even before we started recording this episode i was like asking you what your tech setup is and all that other stuff just because that's kind of my my thing the nuts and bolts right i'm i'm not techie at all i don't think maybe i maybe i have latent tech that i have not explored uh we've had deep conversations about tech with, with yeah i have but i have that's why i'm like i have a lot of saggy uh feelings like deep feelings it. about tech and about the internet and about community connecting and and community but i would say for me it's like deep deep my uh my friend communities are very important to me and like i don't know taking taking care of that creating it uh and being mindful of that like i really value it and really um care that people like operate within those things with integrity and care for each other and for the community and, and all that. And also I'm just, I don't know, kind of, I like not weird, not weird things, but like off just something that's like kind of off. I don't know. <laughs> hmm. yeah, something with a little wabi sabi. Yeah. Or like a, just like a specific, it's like not a, I feel like that's where it's more like, I, uh, I don't know. Yeah. It's hard to pin down though. It's, it's Uranus. Like those imperfect fruits. Yes. Yeah. I feel like that's very like uh, Venus conjunct Uranus where it's like. Like an avocado with an ass. Yeah. Yes. 
Yes, exactly. Uh, well, do we have any? do we, I have the game? I know you have, any last yes comments, questions, concerns, plugs, Mr. Chris Brennan, or anything anything else before we get into our little outro game? Uh no, I mean plugs. I mean I, I host the astrology podcast at the astrologypodcast.com <laughs> on YouTube you know, Spotify, whatever. And uh, yeah, and and most of those techniques are techniques that I apply to your chart are ones that I teach in my book, which is just titled Hellenistic Astrology, the Study of Fate and Fortune. Yes. Hell yeah. Links will all yes. be in the show notes. I think we just got to get into this game. I mean, I feel, I feel like satisfied. Anna, yes. I was going to say, you also have a new yeah. chart rectification class that's very intriguing. Um, so yeah. check that out too. There's so many mm-hmm. people that don't know, don't know their birth time, and that's like the toughest thing because you can't look at the houses and you don't know the rising mm-hmm. sign if you don't know a person's birth time. So yeah, my me and my friend Patrick, we put together over the past year this course that just teaches you how to reverse engineer a person's birth time based on events you know from their life. And when you do that, you can actually narrow it down surprisingly close to the actual birth time just by following that method, essentially. Actually, cool. great plug you just did for Chris there, Julia, because I think there's a lot of people that will need that that need that yeah for sure yeah okay. so I've got, I've got that that course uh is at the astrology school.com all right nice. um all right guys well we play this game at the end of every guest episode have you ever played mary fuck kill chris yeah yeah, yeah. I know. okay all right okay. you can make me play, play that uh yeah i mean you don't have to yeah, we no. will. You can watch. You, you can watch. No. <laughs> go go um, ahead. Just don't get we'll in tr- trouble. No, no we won't, won't get you in trouble. Okay, in and trouble. this is a game for everyone. It's a game. And also, if you are, I can't spiritually kill we, someone, we can avoid them. We can snog, snog, snog Mary, avoid. Snog Mary, avoid, as the Brits say. And we also like this more as just like a philosophical discussion about their astrology too, and and things like that. So we can okay, go, we won't. You'll get you in see. Trouble. You'll okay. see. It's okay. Yeah. So and we're gonna play with. We're gonna do two rounds with your sun and moon celebrity twins. Same with your sun and rising celebrity twins. We do have two big three matches for you, which doesn't happen often for guests mm. because we don't always know, as you mentioned, people's rising times for celebrities, but. We do. So we're going to play. There's two people and one we're going to play with and one we're not going to. But so we're going to play with Neil Young because he's saying big three twin for you. And mm-hmm. then Caitlyn Jenner is your other big three twin. But we are not going to play with Caitlyn Jenner because she's just when it's a problematic person. We, Controversial we, figure. Yeah. We'll, she's done we'll some bad on. shit lately. We're just not going to we're not going to touch that. See, so we'll stay out of um, trouble. But we will continue on with Sinbad, who is a Scorpio sun, Aquarius moon. And Ethan Hawke. Wow. Okay. okay. I didn't realize that. <laughs> this is a hard round. This is so hard. This is this actually is a really, probably one of the harder ones we've, this is, we've yeah, done. Like, this is one of the hardest rounds. I will I can say remember. all of your Scorpios on Aquarius Mood, Aquarius Rising people are very good in a random group. I will say a, a mixed bag of nuts are present. So these are all sun. Uh, Scorpio, Aquarius, Moon. Yeah, these three, and then uh, next one we'll we'll do Aquarius Rising, um, and then Neil Young is your big three twin, so he's the only one with a, a perfect tens across the board, your big threes okay. across the board. So who are the the choices again? Ethan Hawke. We got Ethan Hawke, Sinbad, S- and Neil Young. 
Okay. I mean, <laughs> obviously, if like fuck would have to be Ethan Hawke because he's like the hottest on the list. Just the right answer. Yeah. Scientific, mm-hmm. Scientifically speaking, I have to say that. <laughs> um, Mary. I mean, I would want to be entertained. So I think Sinbad would be the most entertaining person to marry. And they always say that you should you should marry somebody that makes you laugh. So that would have to be Sinbad. Okay. Um, so unfortunately, I think that's going to put Neil. Neil's going to have to go. Okay. I'm well, sorry, but this is my answer too. I do not want to kill Neil Young, but I, I like love Sinbad's comedy. So, and... <laughs> I want to fuck Ethan Hawke. That is just there. That has to be my answer. She's hey, a I agree. I'm a simp for Simbad. Um, <laughs> a simp bad. Uh, I agree. Also, I don't. I definitely do not want to kill Neil Young. Um, I never someone, thought there would be a round where I would kill Neil Young. I just also feel like there's the you know I don't yeah yeah it's it's unfortunate but this is sometimes there is a, a a clear answer and i feel i feel that despite this despite saying this is the hardest round i mean <laughs> so, now it's like yeah once you hear it i don't know i'm gonna counter all right I'm, i mean we're ethan hogg is like of course is the obviously sec, is the fuck is the correct fuck answer for this but I am going to marry Neil Young only because of the real estate. I've seen the ranch. It looks great. And if Daryl Hannah can still stick around, I think I'd be, I think we could really make that work. And that's the only thing that just defaults me to a, a Sinbad kill is just pure Montana real estate and, and splash mermaid. I'm, and and that's like, I'm making yeah. assumptions. That's, it's fair. That's, yeah. I didn't realize Daryl Hannah was like involved in the things that does change the, the, you know uh, algebra a little bit and look and we can go and here's the thing too you know we can go like and if i could make him 70s neil young i can make it we can make it work a little more than present day um and since that's a stand-up i mean that's have you looked at like the charts of benny stand-ups like that's one of the most fascinating things to me would be like a study on just how people do comedy based on their chart um, would is such a fascinating we, thing. I, about I talk about it like nonstop in a way that's kind of annoying. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think the Capricorn Moon is one we do often see, and which which Julia has too. I think that dry when it's like that dry, very aware. You know, you don't break really with a cat moon, right? So I think that that has its own sort of power with comedy, and I feel like a, it was a Gemini. There's something. Taurus is a common one. Taurus with Gemini placements is a common one. I feel like it's Mm -hmm. uh, Nathan Fielder's a Taurus, like has more Taurus than you'd think. A lot of Taurus. And obviously Seinfeld is like. Oh, yeah, he's a Taurus. Mm -hmm. Isn't George George Carlin a Taurus too? Or was, I, I thought I he was. Like, I thought he was even. I, no, I was like, it's he. I want to say he's. Maybe Taurus. he is. He, is a Gemini. he was. A I want to say Gemini rising. Okay. Gemini rising even. So some earthy, yeah, some earthy yeah. stuff. They, I think it's Earth, air, or a Earth. There's definitely Earth because I think it is like the the real know, life people. Yes, it's stuff. It's and it's stuff that like not. I don't want to say practically matters, but it's stuff that like actually grinds your gears. And if you aren't yeah. as Earth earthbound i don't think you have many things to either push up against or the the need to seek the kind of like comedic relief from those things if that Mm. makes sense seinfeld and nathan fielder you wouldn't be like same sign like if you were thinking about it but 
they are both doing observational comedy in very, very different ways. Like what Nathan Fielder did with the rehearsal is like observing reality by recreating reality, all that kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. and like, you know, Seinfeld does it in a very like and, air, and airline fun food of, or whatever. Well, it's like making fun of the things you're supposed to do. Right. And mm-hmm. I think Earth Sign yeah. knows so much about what you're supposed to do. Well, Fluffy's a cancer. So Fluffy's <laughs> stand up is so cancer too, though. If you Oh, also Larry Dane. We don't have cancer. to do this. Sorry. This now just... I'm just going into Google. Uh, okay. I, I, I love that. I've been wanting to do an episode on this. So maybe I can have you guys sometime on my well, podcast like... to do an episode about the astrology of comedy and about of comedians specifically. Sure. We will research. To. Um and some other Scorpius on Aquarius moons, just to know it. Terry Manny, Harold Ramis, Joe Walsh, Gary Marshall, Charles Manson, Calissa Flockhart, Tovlo, Maggie Gyllenhaal, Roberta Benini, Kevin Klein, and Zoe Deutsch. So those Whoa. are some other people mm. who we didn't play with, but some fun facts. So now Scorpius on Aquarius rising. I can't remember if we've had someone on in the past who was this combo. So if there's some repeats, whatever. We'll we'll marry him and fuck him and kill him again. We'll have SZA. Jenny McCarthy and Henry Winkler. Oh yeah, I have. This is giving me deja vu. But, yeah, I'm like I don't. But I also feel so very I think. Was it? No, she's can't. No, she's cancer. Never mind. Never mind. No. Okay, Chris, do you have thoughts immediately? If not, I'll go. Uh, you go first. Okay. Um, I. <laughs> Wait, name them again. I just lost. We it. got SZA. New album, yeah. Out, so. Henry Winkler and, and Jenny McCarthy. I was like, because she was, our, I had already killed her in my brain. I was like, I know. I was like, easy. Even though, big fan <laughs> of Singled Out, liked oh, yeah, the Jenny McCarthy era. show. Look, once you get, once you get on this anti-vax whatever train, I'm like, we've had, we've the best Jenny McCarthy is behind us. Sorry, uh, <laughs> since we are not actually killing anybody, I hope she can prove me wrong in the future. But for this game, Jenny's got to go. Um, I'm gonna. Fuck SZA. Yeah. Shot. Talented. Uh, I don't think I need to explain myself. And I got to marry the Fonz. Come on. Hey. I like, I like how for this, these Scorpio people, there's been like, well, they're just hot. So that makes sense. <laughs> they're, they're just, uh, they're just sexual hotties, Scorpios, Scorpio sexy things. And SZA uses astrology, like consults with astrologers, doesn't she? Yeah, she does. I can't remember the name of her. She, the her girl is like definitely uh is it I Jade? It's someone who's like on Twitter who I see post mm-hmm. a lot of SZA stuff. But yeah, she is she's consults for sure. Okay. Um, well, I think I'd have that to go helps. with the same the same ones, unless you can do like eras, because I feel like there's different eras in a person's career. Like if we're talking mm-hmm. about like the Fonzie era. Or if we're talking about like '90s era Jenny McCarthy before all of the crazy anti-vax stuff, then we might be that that changes things a little bit. Mm-hmm. Sure. Hey, these play by your own rules. We're Venus Uranus. <laughs> 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 and you've already moved. We've talked about Chris being able to move through time. So if anyone can do it, it's it is you. I do believe it is I Jade Astro is her personal astrologer. I don't know if she still is or what the history is there, but that comes up on the Twitter searches. Cool. Uh, did you? What are, your, what are your choices? Did you have? Like, your I'm gonna marry SZA. Okay. Mm-hmm. I hope that we have love in our marriage. 
Like, I hope I also get to have sex with her. But, um, yeah, I'm going to marry SZA. And uh, you could, uh, it would be fun to say that you had sex with the Fonz, right? I would, I would oh, yeah. have sex with Henry, Henry Winkler. He wouldn't be my top celebrity choice, but I would do it once for the game. For the story. For the talk around the water cooler the next day. So you're offing Jenny McCarthy. Yeah. That's but I definitely thought about fucking her. Yeah. I'm <laughs> oscillating right now between what? Jenny and Henry being my fuck. Because I'm like, are you like, of course, 90s singled out. But I'm like, but are you annoying? I got to see the full chart, actually. I think this is like, we're getting I got to get under <laughs> in surgically. Like, what's your mercury? Because I don't know. Like, it depends. But. Uh, I'm marrying SZA. She's like always in Hawaii. Her vibe is great. Music is amazing. Just marriage material. Cool girl, styly. Love. Excited for the new album. I'm going to fuck 90s singled out Jenny McCarthy. Why not? With the name tag on. Like I'll be like a singled out contestant. Okay. And then, yeah. And Henry She'll Winkler. Put done- up, they'll put up the signs and it'll be like, did you come? Did you? <laughs> <laughs> and then Henry's had a great career and i wish him no it's just how the game works sometimes it's a process of elimination and that's where henry that's where henry is some other scorpio sun aquarius risings this is what makes me think we played before is whoopi goldberg and roseanne Barr, and wow. that's the game thank you i love it Chris? um yeah i definitely would marry scissor as well just because i'd love to you know it's really important like uh being an astrologer like marrying somebody that's at least open to astrology, if not into it, it's like a, mm-hmm. it's kind of like an important um, thing just because I do it so much. And I think I'd really annoy the hell out of anybody that was not into astrology if I was married to them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Thank you, Chris, so much for indulging us once again with this game, with uh, our look ahead, and also just for coming on and continuing your, uh, like I said, I think that you are so good at incorporating and including and welcoming people into the community. And um, not only are you a phenomenal technical resource, uh, you are a wonderful community resource as well. And it's wonderful to find out that uh, you also have that uh, Venus Uranus because that I think shows for sure. So thank you so much for for joining us here today and for all that you do. Yeah, it's it's been uh, just trippy because I feel like we... I wouldn't say, I don't know if peer, I'm, I'm already putting myself in the peers group, but we've been e-friends. I feel like we've been e-acquaintances for now it feels like a long time. So yeah. it feels cool to actually connect uh, digitally face-to-face and yeah. you rock. And it's an honor to be on your show because I've been just impressed seeing like the meteoric rise of your show over the past several years has been really cool to see. And um, I'm glad that I'm not you know, for a while there in like 2012, 2013, I was the only one doing astrology podcasts. And I thought it was almost like too bad that I was the only one doing it or that there weren't other voices, but it's actually really cool, like having your voices in this sphere and um, yeah, and, and being part of that. I've always been cheering you on. So keep it up. Oh, thanks. Thank well, you. So look, we definitely serve different purposes in the astrology community. I'll, I'll say that for sure. But. We're different voices for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> On the more well, shrill spectrum. But yeah. Well, let's let's talk about that astrology of comedians episode because I'm serious about that. So let's follow up on we it. That'd be sick. Absolutely. We're okay. we're it. We are gonna follow up. I promise you that. Thank you, Chris, and thank you thank everyone you for so listening. Much. We'll see you next see week. Next week.
Bye. Thanks for listening to What's Your Sign. Please subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love this podcast, please support us. Check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash what's your sign podcast. The link to support us is in the show notes. Follow us on Instagram at what's your sign podcast on Twitter at what's YR sign underscore pod and TikTok at what's your sign podcast for business opportunities, advertising or commission readings. Email us. What's your sign podcast at gmail.com. WIS is produced by Julia Logan, Stevie Anderson and Lisa Chanu. Artwork by Alexa Vicious and theme song by Honor Nezzo.